O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. For surely it is time. Amen. There's a line in the New Testament that goes like this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Have we come to that fullness of time all over again? A young woman named Amber Strong wrote an op-ed piece, a, a blog, if you please, back in October, title of the blog, Finding Peace in the Midst of the Pandemic. And her opening lines capture the emotional, the mental turmoil that this pandemic has injected into all of our lives up here. I want you to take a look at, at her words. From school board battles, critical race theory, we've heard about it, to restaurant attacks, to airplane standoffs. I don't know what's happening to us Americans. We get on a plane and we just lose it all. Here are the stats, by the way, just of airplane standoffs with more than 4,000 unruly passenger reports and 3,000-plus mask-related incidents, to be exact. I refuse to put that mask on. I refuse. The country, she writes, seems a bit like a balloon ready to pop. Perhaps a more descriptively accurate word would be ready to, boom, explode. What's going on in this nation? You and me, we're a part of it. She goes on, it's hard to know if the world is angrier or if it's a matter of perception. Well, just between you and me, I have a feeling it's, it's got to be both. We're ticked off. We're scared. And by the way, that's a bad combination. And we have no idea what's coming next, especially since they've just announced that this COVID-19, this is our second Christmas with COVID-19, but this COVID-19 expansion now includes a new amendation. You know that the scientists have been using the letters of the Greek alphabet to track every new little, uh, what do they call it, variance. And there was alpha. Nobody heard a word about alpha. There was, there was beta. Nobody heard about beta. And by the way, the, Amer- the English word for alphabet is alpha beta. It's just the first two letters of the Greek, the Greek uh, alphabet. So there was alpha. There was beta. There was gamma. Nobody heard about it. And then delta. Oh, my. We're still suffering under delta. Isn't that right? And then there's a, what, what, what is next? There, there is epsilon and zeta and eta and 15 letters into the alphabet. They just announced Omicron has arrived. And in fact, two days ago, it arrived in San Francisco, the city by the bay. And guess what? It's making its way eastward. You can count on it. But the deal is nobody knows. Is it, is it worse? Is it better? Who knows? Amber Strong goes on. Here's what we do know. Relationships have splintered. A recent survey from One Poll Research says 16% of Americans have let go of a friendship since the pandemic started. Keep reading. The top two reasons, number one, political divides, and number two, disagreements over the COVID-19 vaccine. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to Christmas 2021. You can't believe it. 
It's killing us relationally. Mercy. A friend of mine has a young friend on this campus. He's a student at the university. And this young friend said to him, I'm in dark times three. Dark, dark, dark. We'll make it into a little equation. I'm in dark. I'm in darkness like I've never been before. Could be there are a bunch of us sitting right here with smiles and masks on our faces, and we're in that dark times three. Dark, dark, dark. What's that line again? But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Maybe we're already there. Again, do you suppose? Carl Kosart, bright New Testament scholar at Walla Walla University, wrote a commentary on the book of Galatians. And I like the way he framed, he framed this phrase, the set time. That's the NIV, the old King James, when the, time, when the fullness of time had come. I put Kosart on the screen. Jesus' arrival in our world was not random. By the way, I think I'll go now. No, stay. Come on. Come on. We, there's stuff we got to do in the universe. It was not random. Mm-mm. Paul says he came in the fullness of time, the precise time that God had prepared. What time was that? He answers his own question now. He says there, there, are, a couple, there are a couple factors we need to keep in mind. Let's talk about a, a, an historical application to that fullness of time. Let's take this, this and we're, we're going to need to do this kind of mental translation going on now as we see what Cosart has written. And we're going to be asking ourselves the question, do, do these factors that happened 2,000 years ago, are they reoccurring now? That's what we have to ask ourselves. All right? So we'll find, let's, let's, let's go to Cosart. From an historical perspective, all right, I underline that. From an historical perspective, and he says there are two perspectives we need to think about. But from an historical perspective, it was known as the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. Ah, a 200-year period of relative stability and peace across the Roman Empire. Question, does the shoe fit for us? Yeah, I think it does. It's not called Pax Romana. It's called Pax Americana. A period of history during which this nation has taken upon itself to enforce a quasi-global peace, or at least global tolerance. We can, we can settle for that, maybe. Two other wannabe powers, Russia and China, notwithstanding, the United States is presently the global peace enforcer of sorts. We can find exceptions, of course. Okay, what were those factors back then? Rome's conquest of the Mediterranean world had brought one peace, as he's just mentioned. I put the numbers in. Two, a common language. That would be the language Greek. That was Greek. Everybody spoke Greek and wrote. Greek. Three, a favorable means of travel. The sea lanes, the shipping lanes are open. Rome is enforcing clear highways, aqueducts. Yeah, it's great. And number four, a common culture that facilitated the rapid spread of the gospel, the, the Hellenistic culture. Everybody read the same philosophers. They read the same, they went to the same plays. It just, it just permeated the, the empire. Does a shoe fit? Does this fullness of time come once more at the end of time? Let me run through that list again. But I'm going to add some to it, if it's okay with you. 
Of course, we'll, we'll put uh, Cosart's first four. There was global peace. Got that check. Got that today, sort of. Uh, there's global common language. Yep, it's, it's, it's English. We, we know that. You can go anywhere on the planet. Somebody there will speak English. Uh, number three, it's global travel. If you've got a passport and a plane ticket, you can go anywhere on this planet. You are there tomorrow. It, it's never been easier. Okay, number three, global travel. So far, global culture. You know what the global culture is? McDonald's, Walmart, and Coca-Cola. That's it. Everywhere. It's really, it's really a youth culture. We talk about the culture of the world. It's a youth culture. I've been all over this planet. The young dress alike. They talk alike. They act alike. They read alike. They watch alike. They listen alike. They eat alike. It's the young culture. And everybody who's older than the young is going down to join. I want to be a part of that culture. We can't help it. That is the culture. We have a global culture. Oh, yes, we do. But I'm, at, I'm going to add now a few more. Global access to Scripture. 200 years before Jesus came, the Old Testament was translated into Greek. It was called the Septuagint, so that it was everywhere. People could check the Bible out. Today, are you kidding? There isn't a place where the Bible is not known. It's the most, it's the most known and available book on the planet, bar none. So number five is global access to Scripture. Number six, global messianic diaspora, because the Jews were everywhere, and because they were, this hope of the Messiah is everywhere. Everywhere a Jew went, there was hope for the coming Messiah. Oh, that was perfect. It was a perfect time to come. Is there, is there a global messianic diaspora now? There is. Everywhere a Christian goes, there goes the hope. There lies the hope of, a, of the soon coming of Jesus, by and large. Yeah. And then number seven a global Sabbatarian diaspora. And that's why when Paul, who's sticking close to the Sabbath because it wasn't a Jewish, it wasn't a Jewish gift. It was for the human race. And Paul was a Sabbatarian. And when he became a Christian, he didn't leave Sabbatarianism behind. He was still a Sabbatarian. But wherever he went, the Sabbath immediately took, took root. The entire first century, that's all they knew. Oh, are we having that again? Oh, we have people all over this planet who are taking the truth that the creator of this universe is alive and well, and no matter what, no matter what naturalism or scientific atheism teaches, there is a creator, and we believe that he reminds us every seventh day that he is still Lord of this planet. Yeah, global Sabbatarian diaspora. But it's, there's not just a historical perspective. Cosart says, let, 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 me, let me tell you about another perspective. And he's right here, too. From a biblical perspective, it also marked the fullness of time. It also marked the time God had appointed for the coming of the promised Messiah according to the prophecies of Daniel. Hit the pause button right here. Do you know that the first words out of Jesus' mouth in the book of Mark, okay, he starts preaching, and he, his first words are these, literally, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. That is the one, one sentence summation of everything he preached. The time is fulfilled. Where do you get that idea? He got it from Daniel. Daniel gives the ex exact date of his anointing, the baptism, and the exact date of his crucifixion. It's all in Daniel. So when he says, it's here now, the fullness of time. Prophecy. God's prophetic clock strikes, and then the Messiah comes the first time. Keep reading. Thus, the entrance of Jesus into human history was no accident. He came right on time. Question, will he do it again? Help me out here. Will he do it again? 
If he came the first time according to prophecy, will he come the second time according to prophecy? But of course, we are living once again in the fullness of time. You can get there from here. Be reminded, fellow human being, we live, as J.B. Phillips, Phillips put it, on a visited planet, and the visitor is coming back again. And that's what keeps me going. And it keeps you going, too. I know you. Good for you. As Kozart put it, the entrance of Jesus into human history was no, was no accident, and I'm going to add, and neither will be his, the Messiah's second coming. It won't be any accident. Wow. What's that line again? But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Now, I need to tell you there's one more factor. I'm going to add, it's going to be number eight. It's because of what we're going through right now. Watch this. Here's that list. Drop down to number eight. Global existential crisis. That's what we have going on right now. Did they have it back then? Oh, mercy. The gospel prophet, 600 years before the Christ child was born, the gospel prophet says, let me tell you about what the planet will be like and the culture be like when he comes in the fullness of time. Let me show you, the gospel prophet says. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 9. Very familiar words. The, verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, there it is, dark times three equals deep darkness. So people living in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has dawned. Nothing's changed. Or shall I say, we've come back to what it was. I was talking with a young co-ed on this campus. And somehow our conversation got into a depression. And I was hardly prepared for her, her answer. When she stopped, she said, you know what? I, I'm depressed right now. I said, you are? Yeah, I, I'm experiencing depression. <sighs> Deep darkness. Dark, 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 this young man on this campus describes it. So I go to, I say, listen, this, this, i got to check this out. You're not going to believe what I found from Boston University. I want you to never forget the words you're about to see. Research done. You'll see it. Watch. Depression among adults in the United States tripled in the early 2020 months of the global coronavirus pandemic. Tripled. Well, what are those numbers? Well, let's put them up jumping from 8.5% before the pandemic to a staggering 27.8%. Keep reading. New research from the Boston University School of Public Health reveals that the elevated rate of depression has persisted into 2021 and even worsened. Keep reading. Climbing to 32.8% and affecting one in every three American adults. Let's just figure this out. One, two, three. Depression three, one, two, depression three, one, two, depression three, one, two, depression three, one out of three. Mercy is right. That's the America. You want to talk about an existential crisis? We're in it now. It was that way 2,000 years ago. Are we surprised that at last in the fullness of time, we return to a deep 
darkness. Dark, dark, dark. So you're not alone. Young adult, old adult, doesn't matter. One out of three of us. One out of three. Which leads me to pause right here. I'm going to express a word of gratitude to the faculty and staff of this university. I'm thinking about the other campus, Andrews Academy. I'm thinking about the other campus, Ruth Murdoch Elementary School. I'm thinking about educators right now. I want to express a word of collective gratitude to you who teach, and I see you sitting out there. You know why? Because the, tra- the, the, the truth of the matter is that you also have gone through a time of the immense stress that the pandemic has inflicted upon us, something called hybrid teaching, where you teach to real people in front of you and fake people on a screen. No, no, there are real people on the screen as well. But you teach to them and you teach to them simultaneously. And then you make sure that everything is recorded and uploaded so that the ones who didn't decide, decided not to come to class today can still get the entire lecture tonight. Nobody has an idea of what you've been going through in this pandemic. Isn't it amazing that in an institution and a congregation that belongs to this university, isn't it amazing that when we concentrate on students as we all are doing, we forget that their caregivers in our schools on all three campuses are experiencing the same darkness, the same weary, stress-related hopelessness? What do you, what do you think they are? Super people? unaffected. It's killing them, some of them. Some of them are having a hard time just showing up to work. I know. And we take them all for granted. Well, yeah, they're supposed to be. That's what we pay them to do. No, no, we're all going through this pandemic together. And by the way, let me say a shout out to our administrators. Because then everybody can say, yeah, but them. This is the hardest time ever in history to be a leader. Trust me. You're never pleasing anybody sometimes. And you can never please everybody ever. To be an administrator, it's your fault. You're not doing a good enough job. Well, if I were in your place, here's what I'd do. Well, let's trade places for a week or a month. You'd be back so fast to where you were. Listen, Pioneer Church, community members, We owe a huge, students, we owe a huge debt to these selfless servants, men and women of God, who show up every day, whether they feel like showing up or not. And I, for one, say, God bless them. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. Dark times three equals deep darkness. 2,000 years ago, that's the way it was, and guess what? Global existential crisis, we're there again. That's why we can't end. We can't, we can't end with, with Isaiah 9-2. There's the good news immediately on its heels. Come on, let's get to the good news, Dwight. Come on, do it fast. Okay, Isaiah 9-6. Everybody knows these words. For unto us a child is born. Isn't that Handel's Messiah? Of course it is. And that, here's where he got it from. He didn't write that. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and guess what? Prince of Peace. 
My, 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 my. Are you talking about the same baby that got born in Bethlehem and on that starry, starry night, that angelic choir? Oh, I wish I had a YouTube of that. That angelic choir singing their hearts out. What was the line of that? What was the line of that song? Glory to God in the highest and on earth what? And on earth what? We, we just blow right through it. Oh, and to all men within his goodwill. We just blow right through it. And on earth, peace. You know why? Because 2,000 years ago, they were in desperate need of peace. And you know why? Because 2,000 years later, in the fullness of time, again, we are in desperate need of that same peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Got to get a hallelujah for the Prince of Peace? Come on. Wow. So no matter how deep the darkness that you are experiencing right now, I got some great news for you. The Prince of Peace has something to touch your heart and to heal the pain in your mind. And I want to talk about that before I sit down. I'm going to give you now three simple steps to turn to the Prince of Peace, to seek and to experience his peace. In darkness times three, deep darkness. All right? Here they are. Three steps. Step number one, jot, jot these down in your mind. We don't use study guides anymore. Might have COVID on them. So just jot it down in your mind. Step number one, go to the source. Go to the source. <laughs> on the eve of his own death, can you believe this? Jesus is about, get this, Jesus is about to enter into his own darkness times three times three times three. It's going to be hell that dark in Gethsemane in just hours, maybe minutes away. He should be thinking about himself, but he's thinking about you and me. And he leaves a promise with us. Don't want you to ever forget this promise. John 14, 27, still in the upper room. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. No, no, no. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I was reading these very very words to a man near his death. I tell you the truth. In fact, I was holding his hand while I'm reading the words and then offering the prayer, and he died while I was holding his hand. He died. The nurse came in. She saw the monitor. What's happening? He died while those words were read. I don't know about you, but if when I die, I wouldn't mind dying that way. Better yet, I'd rather live that way. My, my. So go to the source. Go to Jesus. You are not going to find the peace you desperately need anywhere else. And I'm talking to a very uh, self-confident generation that's on this campus right now in both the faculty and the student body. We're very self-confident. Hey, listen, I can get myself on anything. Don't you worry about it. This dark, 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 deep darkness, I'll get myself out. No, you won't. You won't find it anywhere else. I promise you. The Amber Strong young lady that we were consulting at the beginning with her uh, blog, she sat down with a rabbi. The rabbi said something rather significant, and I want you to overhear what the rabbi said to her. She was putting the how to find peace in the pandemic uh, piece together. 
So here, she's quoting the rabbi now, okay? In Hebrew, peace, and the word is shalom. In Hebrew, peace comes from the root for wholeness. Everything is like whole and complete, Rabbi Lori Green said. So it's not just the absence of conflict. Oh, let's have peace on earth, no war. That's not what it, that's not what shalom deeply is. But there's a kind of internal wholeness with shalom, with peace and completion. And that's what brings peace. She says, by the way, that the current absence of personal peace comes from the need to be in control. She knows this too well. Here we go. We delude ourselves into thinking, quoting her, that we have a lot more control over the world than we really do, Green said. And I, I think something like this, she's talking about the pandemic, shows us all, especially us, you know, smart, wealthy, we know how to control everything, and we run the world, Westerners, that actually not so true. If the pandemic has revealed anything to this nation and to you and me, it is that we are not in control. We have tried everything to be in control, politically, economically, medically. We are not in control. Mental health-wise, we are not in control. Depression is up, up, up. We are not in control. We can't stop it. She's right. The rabbi's right. We thought we could just kind of band-aid our way through this. You're not going to. If you are in dark times three, deep darkness right now, there's only one person that is your hope. I promise you. Go to the source. Let's read these words out loud together. Come on. Let me hear you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Three simple rules. Rule number one, go to the source. Step number two, ask for the gift. Come on. If he's, look, if he's the Prince of Peace and he says, my peace, I leave with you. I can't think of a better place for him to leave his peace than with you and me. Can you? He said, I leave my peace with you, please. Then let's go to him. My Lord Jesus, I must have your peace. And I must have it now. Please. We all struggle for that peace. I know I do. I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night. It makes me so mad. And stuff pops into my mind. Issues about my career, about some relationships I'm in, about my health, about my family. It just, my mind gets all agitated. I won't, look at the, I won't look at my watch. I don't want to know what time it is. But it just keeps festering, festering. So I'm going to tell you something that I found, just quite by accident. I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit, but that has made a difference for me. Because somehow in the middle of the night, I feel so much more vulnerable. I don't know what it is. It's just like, the devil's just sitting there waiting. I was hoping you'd wake up. In fact, that was me who kicked you. And I'm suddenly vulnerable. And I realize how weak I am. And the struggles I have. And I say, my God. But I found something. I'm going to share it with you. Psalm 127, verse 2. I'm not putting it on the screen. There's a single line that reads like this. He gives his beloved 
sleep. Sleep is code word for peace. He gives his beloved sleep. And I just start repeating that in my I don't I'm not listening to you. And I just keep repeating it. He gives his beloved sleep. God, that's you. You give your beloved sleep. I'm asking for that peace. I need it right now. I don't move my lips. I just pray in my heart. And sometimes I'll fall asleep. Sometimes I won't. I just keep thinking. But the way I think has a paradigm shift inserted into it, and it's not such bad news now. I'm telling you, we all struggle for peace. But you can ask for the gift. Ask for the gift. He'll give it to you. Henry Nouwen, the great the celebrated writer, in a letter to a friend, made a thoughtful point we need to know. And so I'm going to put Nouwen on the screen here. I really wish, he's writing to a friend, I really wish you an ever deeper peace. What a wish to give to a friend. <laughs> Keep reading. I know that peace quite often lives, he was a psychologist and a priest, that, that, that peace often lives underneath the turmoils and anxieties of our heart and doesn't always mean inner harmony or emotional tranquility. Don't worry about that, he says. I know this. You're going to still stay agitated, but keep, keep reading. That peace that God gives us quite often is beyond our thoughts and feelings. And we have to really trust that peace is there for us to claim even in the midst of our moments of despair. Isn't that good? He's saying, you're not going to feel it necessarily. Nothing may change. But you have to believe it. You have to believe that that peace is down underneath that darkness. It's already there with you. It has to be true, folks, because when Jesus makes the promise about John 14, 27, my peace I leave with you, not as the world give it, that promise, he's, he's minutes away from deep darkness times three, times 30, times... W- and he knows it. He's promising peace, knowing that he's going into that darkness. But you know, in the darkness, when he's sobbing, Abba, Father, I beg of you, take this darkness away. Take the cup away from me. Through it all, he still has peace. His peace is believing that God will work it all out in the end. And you have to believe that, my friend. You just have to believe God will work it out. You can't. But Jesus can. Peace I leave with you. Wow. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. No. You can't find it. The world doesn't have it for you. Give it up. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Three simple steps. Go to the source. Ask for the gift. And finally, trust in the Master. When he says, let not your heart be troubled, he means that. When he says, let not your heart be afraid, as it is in the old King James, he means that. Don't be afraid. How do we know he means that? Because once upon a time, in the middle of the night, when every star in the heavens has been blotted out, and this raging gale has descended upon the Sea of Galilee, he is asleep in that fishing skiff. The drenched To the bone, disciples are certain they're going down now. Master, save us. We perish. And Jesus, who could sleep through his storm, 
That tells you the kind of peace he can give you. Stands up, grabs the mast, raises a hand that will be nail-marked before days have gone by. And he speaks two words, peace, be still. And it was like you were in a Hollywood studio and somebody hit the switch and No wind, stars, and Jesus. He turns to his panicked, drenched young friends, and he asks them, why were you afraid? Don't you trust me? That's it. Trust me. I'm in the storm with you. Darkness times three, is that it for you? I'm in that darkness with you. I am your friend. I am your God. I am the Prince of Peace. Trust me, please. And we'll go through this together. Oh, wow. What a Savior. Desire of Ages tells the truth my soul needs to learn. I'll end with this. Sin has destroyed our peace. Oh, how true that is. I want to thank Professor Pua in that lab here at Andrews University for that beautiful children's story on sin. She was spot on. Sin is what destroys our peace. Come on. While self, this is my problem right here, while self is unsubdued, we can find no rest. No peace. We are as helpless as here as were the disciples to quiet the raging storm. But he who spoke peace to the billows of Galilee has spoken. Notice this. Has already spoken the word of peace for every soul on this planet. Jesus has already spoken your peace. It's yours now to claim in your trust of the Master. He's already spoken it. You have peace. Sir, you want peace? You have it. I died for it. You have it. However fierce the tempest, however deep the darkness, those who turn to Jesus with a cry, Lord, save me, will find deliverance. His gra- oh, this is the last slide, but I love this. His grace that reconciles the soul to God, quiets the strife of human passion, and in His love, the heart is at rest. In His love, the heart is at peace. That's where it comes from. The unrelenting love of Christ Jesus for you and me right now. That's where the peace is. Nail-scarred love. That's where his peace is. So go to the source. Ask for the gift. Trust the Master. And what will be the outcome when you trust the Master? I quote the Bible now, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus this Christmas. Can I get an amen from this congregation? Amen. This Christmas. Oh, God. Please, Prince of Peace, enter into our darkness. Breathe your promise. Grant us your peace. And walk with us 
till this darkness one day shall pass and we shall stand in your house forever and ever. Amen.